0: This is Chattanooga Civics. I'm Nathan Byrd. Mayor Tim Kelly recently announced his appointment for Chattanooga Chief of Police, Atlanta Deputy Chief of Police Celeste Murphy, pending confirmation by the City Council. I sat down for a brief conversation to discuss her background and her thoughts on where she will take the CPD. Before we get to the interview, I want to invite you to support the show on Patreon. I'm hoping to expand Chattanooga Civics in the coming months, and I need your help to do it. Early patrons will have a unique opportunity to shape the future of the program by helping me decide which expansions to prioritize. They will also be the first to know about upcoming guests, and will have the option to submit listener questions. You can sign up now at patreon.com slash
1: Hello, I'm Celeste Murphy, the mayor's appointee for chief of police of Chattanooga Police Department.
0: Awesome. So uh, the mayor has recently appointed you to succeed Chief Roddy as the the chief of the Chattanooga Police Department, and that'll be subject to city council approval. Is that correct? That's correct. And do you know the date for that off the top of your head or just roughly when that is for our listeners? The second week of March. I believe it's the 14th. Okay. Um, So I just want to get into your background a little bit. Uh, You're coming off of a pretty successful career at the Atlanta Police Department, is that correct? That's correct, yes. And then uh what made you want to apply for the position as chief of police here in Chattanooga and make that move, change cities and all and all of that? Yeah, so um
1: it actually when I saw the opportunity become available, I knew um that it was a one a progressive city. I looked into it the background of the department and I saw that it the department was actually going in the same direction of what I see as my deals of what the police Uh, profession should be leaning Mm -hmm. towards um and it's not really a a large leap um as far as the distance between here and where I'm coming from so that was also um you know one of the things that was an allure to me anyway but I've you know I've worked my entire career to be a police chief and that's why I've um pretty much made myself as um extremely versed in most of the departments of the, the police department so that mm-hmm. I can be able to manage and know um, something about a little aspect of every part of a police department.
0: Right, so walk us through a little bit your career background, kind of the ranks that you've held in the Atlanta Police Department, the, the jobs that you've held, and the, the programs that you've pursued. Yeah, so um, I actually started
1: out as a police officer, and I've worked each rank um, up to, uh, of course, supervisor, each rank and supervisory level up until uh, deputy chief which is, um, you know, our division commander level. Mm -hmm. And so I've actually held four of those six divisions as a deputy chief itself, which range from the community services division, which handles our community-oriented policing, um, as well as some of our special operations. Um, Right now, I'm currently... um, in the Support Services Division, which is our budget, fiscal, human resources, and the Academy, I've also been um, in our Field Operations Division. So those are your first responders, your nine one one responders. And I've also been in our Strategy and Special Projects Division. So that's you know um, testing out, piloting any of the technology that the department is ultimately uses.
0: Mm-hmm. So I want to start with a, a really broad question. I think this is important to kind of understanding your philosophy of policing, uh, but it, it is a very broad question, so this could go a number of different ways. But I want to know what do you believe are the the root causes of crime and how should the Chattanooga Police Department balance acknowledgement of these root causes with the duty to enforce the law? Yeah, so um,
1: my my theory behind a lot of where – we have issues with crime. It it stems from poverty. It stems from lack of education or the the lack of resources to get um, uh, adequate education, mm-hmm. um, adequate resources um, financially, um, education. All of those things sort of merge together, and, and it's a res- recipe for, for that or can be. Um, I believe that how, as a police agency, how we can be somewhat of a— one of the stakeholders to steer us in the right direction with dealing with violent crime is to be um, somewhat of a a spoke in the wheel of giving um, resources or or allowing people to know that those resources are available. Mm -hmm. So that's why collaboration uh, between city government, um, private entities, the business entities, uh, faith-based community, Um, Some of our civic associations, we have to work collectively to be able to not only um, um, find resources for people, um, to also let them know about it. And the police department should be in that group to be able to do that.
0: Right. So I want to get into some more specific questions about what you think the future of the department will be, what your philosophy of of crime and and law enforcement is. Uh, Obviously, we're very early in this process. You know, like you said, you've still got... uh, to go through the final approval from city council in March. Um, so just acknowledging for all of our listeners that this is all very general, you know, Chief Murphy may not have had time to go through that ap- every last detail of the background of the city of Chattanooga's police policing and, and, and everything like that. But getting into some more specific questions, um, We'll start still kind of broad and work our way down. But do you have any primary goals, anything that you see at the CPD right now that you think uh, you can improve upon? You have a program in mind or specific plan for either restructuring or adding a new program or is it too early for for anything like that?
1: Yeah. So initially, the first thing, of course, I want to do is um, see what successes they are already having, what programming Mm -hmm. is already in place and see... Um, if there's anywhere I can fill in any gaps that may or may not be there. So I want to first assess what we have currently going on and um, see what works, what doesn't work, or how we can fine-tune those things to be more efficient.
0: Right, so kind of take stock and take some time to do that. Absolutely. That makes sense. Um, So just, you know, asking a couple of my listeners, trying to gauge what is important to the people of Chattanooga when it comes to this position, uh, you know, one of the most obvious things of, any police department, something that is an important issue anywhere, but here specifically it's been an increasing issue is violent crime. Uh, do you have any specific plans in place to address violent crime, anything that you see that needs to be done differently or could be done better, reallocation of resources to achieve better outcomes for violent crime?
1: Right. So anyway, you know, I always look to um, – because, there, of course, everybody knows that across the, the country, a lot of cities are, are dealing with spikes. And a lot of it has to do with looking to see where I can align with um, other entities in, in, mm-hmm. in the city, within the city, within the county, within the state, or any federal um, task force. But we want to make sure that um, we look who, what resources we have available to us? What resources we can reach out to others to help collaborate with this as well, um, and and seeing what the community needs are, um, or what their ideas are with this, mm-hmm. um, in in reference to that. But of course, I want to you know it's it's early in the process, so um, I, I really will, um, as you say, take inventory and assess, you know, what we need, where we need it, and and make sure we um, work collaboratively together to get there. Mm-hmm.
0: So I want to get into kind of a difficult topic, but an important one, trust of police nationally is just barely above uh, the all-time low that it hit in 2020. Police brutality has been in the national spotlight for some time, and many people are skeptical about police reform as we see that some departments across the country are unwilling to weed out bad actors or slow to provide transparency around internal investigations. Uh, So how do you see yourself working to build trust in the community, especially when it comes to issues of oversight? And how will you draw on your previous experience in Atlanta? What are some things that worked for you there?
1: Yeah, so I'm coming from a department that was extremely transparent. And that was one of the attractive things about uh, CPD for me. Um, Looking into the history, they're extremely um, transparent. um, And, you know, there has not been any Uh, serious incidents here that has caused any type of uprisings that we've seen across the country and other cities. Um, So I believe that that's what uh, bridges the gap and builds that trust when you get in front of um, incidents. um, Make sure that you um, address them appropriately. You make sure you um, as as transparent as possible as you can be with the public about where you are with the situation. Um, Just like anywhere else, it's, Mm. um, you know, owning up to any mistakes And making sure they're they're addressed with swiftly
0: Mm -hmm. and then kind of leading off of that another national concern that's related is a what seems to many people to be a steady increase in police militarization Uh, you know the gear that is being chosen gives a impression of you know being on two sides of a battle almost uh, just in in visual terms Um, do you see this being a serious issue with the CPD? Uh have you addressed this issue in your time at the Atlanta force? And you know, what is your experience with, with this issue?
1: Yeah, so um I, I, I don't foresee that being an issue here. Um my 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 intent on to, you know, uh, be on this department is to one, uh make sure that we are um ahead as far as uh, best practices, make sure we're ahead as far as training. Mm -hmm. Um, I want us to create a front where we are welcoming to the community, but at the same time, we're addressing any um, issues that the community has to include violent crime, and I wanted to make sure that we are prepared for the worst, Um, and and that's my vision for this department.
0: So the the CPD recently started a mental health co-response unit, and this was funded by a grant from Volunteer Behavioral Health. Uh, what are your thoughts on these kind of programs? Do you have experience with this kind of program at the Atlanta Force?
1: Yeah, we well, so, um, you know, when you study how this works with cities across the country, again, um, it's still, you know, in the infancy stages mm-hmm. um, and um, definitely open to that, looking into that even further. And and if that's what the community wants, um, I, I'm more than willing to see um, what direction um, the community wants as that, you know, as that goes on. But I believe right now, even in the beginning stages of that, um, there's some successes that are being monitored here in this city as, you know, as that pertaining to the co-response.
0: Right. So that might be something that you're looking to continue even beyond beyond the grant, assuming mm-hmm. it works out.
1: Right. More than willing to look into it and see if that's, you know, a good fix for CPD and mm-hmm. for the community. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, how will your department handle minor drug possession crimes? That's something, you know, that is a lot of people's kind of first interaction with police, either a minor drug possession or or a traffic stop, these kind of lower level crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any kind of direction that you think you might go mm-hmm. in terms of changing responses or, or adjusting for kind of these lower level crimes or any experience with these kinds of programs, in the yeah
1: workforce. well, well, first and foremost, I have to follow the law, right, and, you know, right. so um in in those instances i'm um you know um, I'm the type of person that will definitely look to working with um you know whatever um you know is mandated by the state law um as well as looking for outlets to make sure that mm-hmm. we can maybe deviate the behavior before we get to that. Mm-hmm and or um and I'm a person that believes in second chances so um you know looking for avenues for people who may have um unfortunately um have been offended and and there's issues with maybe um the situation that they're in because of that you know looking for avenues for people that can find other resources to get them um on a tr- back on the right track mm-hmm. so um you know but first and foremost I have to follow the law right
0: right uh Similar question, uh, what do you think the Chattanooga Police Department's role is in immigration enforcement? And uh, not just talking about direct enforcement, uh, but but also the practice of funneling low-level f- offenders to ICE, mm-hmm. uh, you know, directly or indirectly, uh, bringing illegal immigrants into contact with ICE in a, in a situation where they might be in trouble for some low-level offense and then get deported because of that.
1: Right. So um, I believe CPD, as well as the um, jurisdiction where I'm currently at, um, the primary goal is to reduce violent crime, no matter Mm -hmm. who you are and where you live. Mm -hmm. And that's just the primary goal, to handle violent crime. And um, immigration status is not the primary goal of the department.
0: And then I just want to back up a little bit, I guess, talk about, But you have the floor for a minute and talk about any particular programs in Atlanta uh, that you have been a part of, things that you have seen be successful that, you know, it'll obviously depend on the reality on the ground here in Chattanooga is going to be different than the reality in Atlanta. But anything that you've done in the past that you might draw from Mm -hmm. in particular to, to improve our experience here in Chattanooga?
1: Yeah, so we've had a couple of programs that um have been successes for us um that I think are worth also mentioning or maybe, you know, looking into and, and they may have something similar um that could be, you know, along the lines of this as well. But one of the plan one of the programs that we're expanding upon currently right now is what we call our pre arrest aversion initiative. And so for those um quality of life issues, um nonviolent issues. Um, especially if there's attachment to the person being homeless and having, Mm -hmm. it's a pathway to um, not create recidivism um, for those lower level quality of life issues that we see usually in, in, excuse me, in municipalities. Um, And it's a way to um, also provide access to resources that the police officers don't necessarily know Um, or have access to themselves and be able to provide. Um, And that's similar to the co-response because an officer who um, encounters an individual under those circumstances has the outlet to be able to call in um, a representative from that group to come in and be able to, it's a gateway to provide those resources to a person. And then they have the actual they volunteer whether they want to go that route or not and then it, it deviates from them being able to have that case in their record um i'm very very involved in our youth um through our police athletic league we also have um these wrap around service centers they're just through our police foundation and they're called at promise centers and those engaged specifically at um youth in those in our neighborhoods that are very challenged Giving not only the child access to life skills, whether it be through sports, um, whatever um, it could be through um, this any STEM programs, um, just giving different diff- different outlets for children um, and giving them space during that uh, time when they have outside of school and there's free time and idle time, giving them space safe spaces to be in and giving them um, access to different outlets. But even beyond that, it's wraparound services that extend to their families. So we have children who. Uh, may be in difficult situations, and um, not only do they have a safe space outside of school, then they also have um, these resources that are extended to the family as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So, how do people get involved in those programs? Is that something that happens in response to a call, or is that more proactive in terms of going out in the community, meeting people, learning
1: their mm-hmm. needs? It's, a, of it's a proactive measure going out to the into the community. Now, um, if we um, what we try to do when we have an area, maybe where we have children who um, we we recognize as an area that they're not attached to our programs, mm-hmm. but there may be incidents around that area where we're getting a lot of complaints from maybe citizens in that area. Um, we will go reach out to the children, we'll introduce them to our programs, and and wrap them and and bring them in, yeah, right. and you know so that we could they can see what we have available to them, and it gives them it, it, it refocuses
0: children in a route that we want them to go, right. So I've got one last question, and this comes directly from a listener, uh, from a Patreon supporter. They are given the opportunity to ask specific questions. You have broken two barriers and will inspire a new generation of black and female officers within the Chattanooga Police Department, but there is a long road ahead. Nationally, only 12% of officers are female, and the latest available data shows that number is 10% locally. The 30 by 30 initiative is an organization that invites police agencies to commit 30% female representation by 2030. There are now over 140 pledge departments, including LA, NYC, and Miami, that understand the underrepresentation of women policing undermines public safety. Can the CPD sign on to the 30 by 30 pledge and commit to concrete recruitment goals that value both racial and gender diversity? Mm -hmm. So it's too early for me now to commit to that
1: without knowing and seeing um, what resources we have in the department. But, you know, having the experience that I have with human resources, background and recruitment, um, I know what you need to do to get um, the demographic. You know, you have to go and meet people where they are. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much about necessarily um, making sure we pick. A certain demographic more so than it is making sure first we pick the right person, Mm -hmm. but diversity is the key to having a a successful department because you want a department that mirrors the community that you serve. Right. And when you go into the community, and you paint, you know, the department as the profession that I'm passionate about, then you'll get the people that you want.
0: Right. Well, great. Uh, I want to open the floor to you. If there's anything else you want the listeners to know about. Your confirmation process and and things that you're hoping to do. So
1: I mean, <clears throat> it's two weeks until um, that process is finalized, and you know I um, hope I'm hoping for the best outcome, of course, because I'm ready to you know roll my sleeves up and get started. Um, I have had nothing but warm reception from the city from the citizens that I've met so far. Um, this is a, a wonderful department. The officers are doing a wonderful job. And I'm just ready to be able to serve, and I'm will I'm ready to do this together, because um, the police department cannot do it without the community, and the community needs to have the department do what they expect them to do. And I'm ready to work.
0: Great. Well, Celeste Murphy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chattanooga Civics. Our music was written and recorded by Kevin McLeod. If you have any questions or feedback, please send me an email at chattanoogacivics at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at ChatCivics, Civics, or visit the website, chattanoogacivics.com. Thanks for listening.